How are we doing, everybody? I am Jeff Hoke here with Chris Henrique, Kevin Perdios, and special guest Jamie Gatlin here for episode 30 of Shorthanded Takes a Boston Bruins podcast. Brought to you by Couch Guy Sports and Shocked Energy and Exogun. Uh, head over to shockedenergy.com and use promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Uh, and, you know, order some today. And I use Shocked Energy because it, this is an emergency podcast. This is our emergency, first ever emergency podcast. Um, and it couldn't come at a worse time because of what the emergency is. Uh, and I use Shocked Energy because it is a very shocking um, thing. And it, that would be the fact that Bruce Cassidy has been fired as head coach of the Boston Bruins. Uh, search is underway effective immediately. Uh, as you can tell, Chris is already uh, drowning his sorrows away. This is my shocked energy. Yeah. Is it, is it working? Um, we'll find out. <laughs> um, so today uh, we are going to have what we call uh, the first annual roast of Donald Clark Sweeney and Cameron Michael Neely um, because the two buffoons up in the front office uh, decided that uh, Bruce Cassidy would be the scapegoat in this situation. And we are now looking on the outside, looking for a new coach, looking for a new first line, looking for a new second line, uh, looking for a team right now because half the team is decimated. And we'll save that for another episode because this is strictly going to be about Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy met with the media today um, and kind of gave what his reaction was. And he was thrown off. Uh, he said the Bruins will forever be uh, his team. But uh, apparently Don Sweeney called him up, asked if he could have dinner with him at his house, uh, at um, Cassidy's house. He went over to Cassidy's house and proceeded to fire Cassidy. Um, so, you know, before I get to the boys here, because I know Jamie is itching to get some roasting in. I know Kevin and um, Chris have just come off of the Legends Lingo podcast uh, with Alan Hegan and Matt Burnett, and they kind of started there uh, going already. Um, I want to put my two cents in. Team. Go ahead. It was pretty tame, though, really quick. It was, we, yeah. We tapered it down. You know, I, we, it's kind of, you know, I don't want to go ahead and give out all of the, the, the good um, the good takes and everything else. But really quick, before you get started. Go ahead. Remember before we started this podcast, right? I had said that I wanted to do, like, for the debut show, I, I had bought a gold jacket. Yes. And in the spirit of me doing weird shit on a podcast, because I've recorded a podcast in the bathtub the other night. So oh, tonight okay. I will wear my gold jacket oh. for the roast of Donald Sweeney and uh, Cameron Michael. Is that what you said? Yeah, Cameron Michael Dealey. Oh, look at that. I remember that. I remember that now. I remember that now. That was that was a stylish jacket for the time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I bought it from Kohl's for $29. Yeah. So I'm gonna start here by uh stating I we you guys have seen my pinned tweet on Twitter. Uh and you know, Chris was very happy when I posted it from my a radio show when I roasted Don Sweeney and Cam Neely uh, before this all happened. And when Cam Neely had his end of the season exit interview press conference, uh, basically throwing um, Bruce Cassidy under the bus. And this is what they do. This is, you know, this is what this uh, industry does is they throw their coaches under the bus when something doesn't go right, even if it's not their fault. 
And once again, we're looking at this again, uh, Don Sweeney, um, who has had a horrible five years of drafting and free agency. Um, it was once again, protected by his best friend up in, uh, up with the Jacobs family and Cam Neely. And uh, we now lose a head coach that has won six straight, has had a winning record in six straight seasons, has made the playoffs in six straight seasons, has made it past the first round and I believe three of those seasons and into the Stanley Cup for one of those seasons, losing a game seven, um, which we won't talk about. I just don't understand what is going on here. I don't know. I'm trying to stay tame right now, but I can't really fucking stay tame at this point because Don Sweeney's a fucking dumbass. That's what he is. He's a fucking dumbass. Him and Cam Neely are both just numb in the head at this point that they are trying to tear down this team. And if there's one guy I do not want part of a rebuild, and that is Don Sweeney. And I don't think he's the right guy to fit for this team. I don't know who they're going to hire for a coach. I don't know what's going to happen with half this team this year. But, Jamie, I'm going to start with you because you're the special guest here. What what was your initial reaction when you you heard the news that Bruce Cassidy was fired? Um, I was actually the Chris at a bar, and I think I literally said, like, what the fuck was my first reaction? I mean, it makes no sense. And you brought it all up. Like, it, it wasn't Cassidy's fault that they lost to Carolina. Um, I feel like it was actually kind of monumental that they made it to a game seven with how much they got outplayed in rally. Um, a lot of those problems are just the problems that they've had for the past six years. Why Sweeney's been you know, the GM. They don't have depth because he can't draft forwards to save his life. Um, so they're always looking for, you know, sec- help on the second line. And then you fire Cassie with all the success he's had. And it's like, so, you know, you bring in a new coach, but what's different about the team? You still have the same problems. You still have the same exact, you know, farm system that doesn't really have that many impact forwards. Um, you know, you're going to throw a new coach into the exact same situation, and it's not like, you know, they can do much to change it. They're going to be just as screwed as Cassidy was yep. unless, you know, they do some extremely bold moves, which with this roster isn't going to happen because <laughs> you just don't have prospects to do that in the first place. Or you trade Pasternak, which also screws you over in a ton of different ways rather than fixing anything. So it's just frustrating because it's like, okay, are they going to rebuild? And it's also like, I feel like a rebuild that didn't need to happen, um, especially with the guys they've had. If you had a GM that could actually draft forwards and actually, you know, give you a pipeline the past six years to have guys that can come up and take these spots. And as much as I love Bergie, you know, he's in his late thirties and the Bruins are like, all right, if he doesn't come back, we're screwed because we have yeah. no one who could step up. And it's like, that's as good as bergie has been like, that's a horrible spot to be in. Definitely. Uh, so Kevin, um, now let's, let's go to, let's go to, let's rewind a couple days here. Uh, just th- uh, three weeks ago, Bruce Cassidy said that his job was safe. Don Sweeney told him that his job was safe. Cam Neely had his, uh, exit press conference and basically threw, threw Cassidy under the bus here. Uh, so we kind we kind of saw a little tear here. And a lot of people think now, now that it's Neely that wanted Cassidy gone and Sweeney tried to protect him, but it didn't work. Let's go to Kat, uh, Sweeney's press conference here a couple of days ago. We, uh, the most contradictive press conference I have ever seen in my life. Um, he seemed to have backtracked a lot. He seemed to be a little snarky with the reporters. The reporters were biting back. Um, what? Go, go, go ahead and tell me what. What do you? 
what has Sweeney, what have you seen from Sweeney these last couple of days that has been different in past in the past couple of years? What's been different? Nothing. Yeah. The guys, yeah. the guys, the, he's a he's a weasel. Like he knows. We've said a hundred times on this podcast: if the Bruins don't make the Stanley Cup, whatever it may be, his job's on line, and he knows that. He has to feel that. And I think his response is, "Oh, it's not my fault. It's the coach's fault." So I'm trying to make changes. I'm trying to, you know get this team back to the Stanley cup contending team in all, in all reality, he's the issue. <laughs> it's not Cassidy. It's not anyone else. It's him. It's strictly him and Neely and, and the ownership and the Jacobs, like that, that whole upper level of management is so effing bad. It's so bad. It's embarrassing. It, it I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Cassidy, takes this team to the playoffs every single year that he was the head coach one game away from winning the Stanley cup losing in game seven with a depleted team. Anyways, this past season, and he's doing all this with theoretically one forward line and one deep parent. I don't, I don't understand how, it's Cassie's fault when he has no say in bringing people in, drafting people, making trades. At the end of the day, it's Don Sweeney, yep. Cam Neely who make those decisions. At the end of the day, it comes down to 2015 when <laughs> Sweeney had no idea how to draft, no clue how to draft players. And the only guy that he's clinging to life for and said again that he was too mean, that Cassie was too mean to Jake DeBrusque. Well, you know what? We all know that Jake DeBrusque is your last glimpse of hope that you have any 1% chance of drafting correctly. Maybe Jake DeBrusque should look himself in the mirror because once he requests a trade, he probably went back, went to his hotel room, and his agent probably was like, you know, Jake, you do suck. You know that, right? Like, you do have to play hockey well to get drafted or get traded, I mean. You know that, right? And so, Jake probably probably slept on it and then probably woke up and was like, yeah, I do suck. I do need to learn how to play hockey. And what did Cassidy do in response? Traded him accordingly. You're playing hockey well? We're going to move you up. You're playing Martian. There we go. We'll keep it. None of what Cassidy did is his fault. And, and it's, uh, I just, I can't, this, this team is so frustrating. This team is going to be, I shouldn't say awful. They're going to be mediocre for the next five years. Meanwhile, Cassidy's going to catch on to Vegas and win a friggin' Stanley cup in the next two years. So, so Chris, uh, down to you really quick. I want to ask you this question before I let you get into it. Um, if Sweeney would have made one more move, let's say he would have got in uh, Rickard Raquel or a Andrew Cobb or any of these guys that are like playing for the Rangers right now or Nick Paul or any of those guys, would we be having this conversation right now? Would we be having this podcast? Uh, I think it depends on how far. You know, the, the, the first the, first off, I'm not, uh, I can't give him that much of a free pass. Like to say nothing was his fault. That's a stretch. All right. 
they struggled for what six eight weeks on the power play where they where they would just piss poor miserable at one point throughout the season but i'm not here to defend sweeney and all that other nonsense but you know there is a little bit of culpability there with with bruce cassidy with that being said to answer your question i think it depends on as, as far as they would go in the postseason they're in the eastern conference finals and they and they get bounced no, the conversation is is being had, but the the being you know the early exit doesn't help. It, it doesn't help. Um, unfortunately, the Bruins they they I waited until now to let go of Bruce Cassidy. Why did he not? If the intention was to fire him, because ultimately that's what happened. Why did he not get fired immediately after the series? Why did why did it take? How what, it's been like a month now, five weeks since the end of that series. So why is it taking until now to make that move? Well, it's taking until now because Don Sweeney finally, for the first time, I think, realizes that his ass is on the line and he figured that I'm going to try to do something that's going to, you know, shake up and resonate with the team. And I'm going to hope that by getting rid of the coach, that that's going to help me keep my job. When in all actuality, it's not, he should have gone to. The Jacobs family should have said to Neely, should have said to Sweeney, should have said to, to Bruce, guys, we're starting from scratch. But instead... Instead, they are completely disconnected from the franchise. They have zero presence with that team. And we want to go and bash John Henry about buying the fucking Penguins, but at least John Henry has a track record. The Jacobs have no track record. They have nothing. And they are so disconnected. So instead now what's going to happen is you can't fire Sweeney now because we're about a month away from the, from the, from the draft. So now you, if you say you let him go, you have to go ahead and conduct interviews, hire a new general manager, and then give that person time to figure out what they're going to do for their draft strategy and then free agency. So now we're stuck. We're stuck with Don Sweeney making the picks, probably maybe even more picks if he trades Pasternak, which I think is an absolute mistake because you have a scorer, pay the scorer, but instead they'll probably move on from him. Instead, we paid the wrong guy, which is Hampus Lindholm, who, who literally showed us that he can't stay healthy. I am actually, like, I am completely out on that guy. And it's a small sample size, and I reserve the right to flip-flop on this. But what did he show us at the end of the last season? He showed us that he can't stay healthy. So, you know, like, you paid him, but you're not going to pay Pasta. You gave up the assets to get the defenseman, but yet you have a proven goal scorer that you want to move. You want to move him because the goal scorer doesn't want to be here because the front office can't pull their head out of their ass to build a team. We, and we, we will see what happens with the poster thing. Uh, his agent uh, said that they will be sitting down in July, I believe it was, to discuss a, an extension. And really the only way they're going to trade him at this point is if you know they can't get come to a, terms with an extension. Um, that being said, Bruce Cat, go ahead. Why, Why wait till July? Because because that's when you, you can't you can't sign extensions until July. So are they allowed to have any sort of conversation right now? Though I have no idea. Something? I don't know the rules there. I did. Yeah, I got nothing uh, on that one. I, you know. No, I I got you, man. I feel you. This it's it's a very frustrating time here to be a Bruins fan because you know you had the window open just just slightly cracked open here with the core uh, of Marchand Bergeron. Uh, Pasternak and all, all these guys, and now it's just you. You just watch it slam shut, just just like that. And now, now it's no more. The window is no more. 
Bergeron, you don't know what's going to happen with him. Marshan, you got he's out until at least December now. McAvoy's out until at least December now. R- Riley, no one gives a shit about Riley. Um, uh, now, now your top defenseman is Hampus Lindholm, who was injured half the time. Like Chris said, it's you. You, you got you got Jeremy Swayman in net. You got Linus Allmark in net. Going to be making 50, 60 saves a game here on out because you got nothing right now. And watch, I've seen I've seen rumors. Uh, I was listening to a thirty-two point podcast today with Freeman. Uh, Elliot Freeman talking about possibly they could go after Nazim Kadri or even a Vincent Trocek. You know what? They're going to throw money at him. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to spend so much money. They're going to overspend this off season. And that's the Don Sweeney thing to do. That's what he does. And that's his desperation move is because he thinks we, he, it's the only way you're going to be able to fill in these holes because he doesn't want to tank because he knows his ass is on the line if he tanks and you know, everyone's saying tank for Bedard now. Um, but you know, as much as I want to believe that will happen, it's not going to happen under Don Sweeney, guys. I'm sorry. It's just not because Don Sweeney is not a guy that will rebuild fully and he's going to rebuild partially. He's going to rebuild partially and it's going to be ass. It's going to be an ass five years. They're going to be on the fringe of a playoff. They're going to get a shit pick every year. Either that or he's going to trade it. And I don't even want to pick it in the first round anymore because of that 2015 draft and because of the last four years of that draft. So I, hell, I, I just, you're in such a predicament right now that, I mean, I know Chris said you had to prepare for the draft and all. They don't even have a fucking first round pick this year because they traded it for Hampus Lindholm. No first round pick, no head coach, no fucking clue, no ownership presence. Exactly. And you know what? You know what? Here's another thing. We have not heard from the Jacobs family since 2019. We have not heard... From them, Jonas still alive. Like, is he fucking alive? Somewhere? I don't know. We haven't heard from him since Game Seven of 2019 when they lost. That was the last time we heard from them. We have not heard from them since. Ever since then, we went through COVID and they did not pay their employees, and that was the last time we heard from them. I mean, it, it's it, it's a very frustrating time right now, and I I'm just honestly already sick of it. And it's gonna be a very I mean, hey, it's good it's good podcast stuff. I. It's good podcast content. You know, hey, it's we're 13th podcast right now, so why not keep building that up while the Bruins suck? So, I mean, we can do better than Bruins at this point. Honestly, we could probably be a better GM and president than the Bruins have at this point. So, uh, Jamie, what you got? It, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just very frustrating how disconnected they are. And just like just the whole timing too, like Chris said, I mean, if you had done this after the playoff loss, that makes a lot more sense, but just to wait. And also how we did it, you know, having going to that Cassie's house for dinner, like initiating that to fire him. I feel like that's just messed up on itself. Um, And just the way they went about sleazy. I mean, the Jacobs family has a reputation for being cheap. You know, now you have, this kind of just sleazy firing in the press conference. I feel like the press conference, you know, just made it 10 times worse. Everything that came out about how the situation was handled. It's just a horrible look for the franchise, you know, and it doesn't even make it, you know, before it's confusing, but now it's kind of just frustrating and kind of, you know, like embarrassing, you know, to see them act like that and be like, this is what, you know, this is how they handle the situation. It's like, where do you go from here? Handle it the way you just did. And you, you, uh, Kevin, I'm going to toss to you next. And you, the, the firing happened. I think Chris texted our group chat at about six 30 that night. So I, I say this because 
the reputation that the uh, Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, and the Jacobs family have with the Boston media. 6.30 is a half hour after the last Boston show, major Boston show, the Felger Mad show is off air. So you can't, you can't, um, you, well, let me rephrase this. You can't close Julian during the Patriots parade uh, back when that happened. And now you're canning um, Bruce Cassidy during the Celtics finals run. And you're doing it after hours when, you know, uh, Felger, Maz, Jim Murray, and all those guys can't go after you. So that just makes it even worse to the fact that you don't even want Boston media to be talking about it until the day after, and you're going to bury it uh, in a trash can at six 30 at night on a Monday, Kevin. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, from their standpoint and from their business standpoint, it's a genius PR move. Like they, they do a good job at when these big things are happening, push it till you can't get those initial gut reactions. You can't get that, you know, heated what we have right now like we're still fired up about it but imagine if we were on the radio and we we all got the the texts or the the updates right away we would be steaming like we would uh it, you'd be as red as this shirt man like it it's it's crazy it's a joke this this organization the, that ownership group is embarrassment it's it's no other way to put it it's an embarrassment um you know i I, I kind of want to circle back on one thing and it, it, this meeting at the house, and I'll pose it as a question really to you guys as well. For me, it, it rubs me as that was a make or break meeting. Like that was the, like, IE Tom Brady going to Robert Kraft being like, Hey, whatever type of meeting. Is it possible that that meeting was, you know, Neely or Sweeney or whoever was there sitting down with Cassidy and being like, listen, you need to change A, B, and C, thinking he would change, thinking he would adjust, and him be like, no, that's how I coach. I'm not changing that. And then they move on. Like, it, it, it's – I don't know. That that whole meeting at the house thing is, is – that's their only saving grace, I would say, if that's how it was. Like – no matter what, you're wrong for that. No matter what, how you did it, you shouldn't have waited if you were going to move on. If you were that unsure, you should have done it right away. And uh, I'm going to toss to Chris next. Um, but you mentioned that, and this is kind of the same. I was telling Jamie this uh, before the podcast started that, you know, you look at it like this. Claude Julien was fired pretty much for the same Way Neely did not like his coaching style. Neely did not like how he was treating the players. He did not like that. You know, he was harsh on the players. You know, you can't hurt Jake DeBrusque. You know, he's our prize. He's our last standing prize possession from that 2015 draft that we know we botched. But you know, if you if he he wants to be traded now, you were too hard on him. Trent Frederick. Every other game, he'd be sitting up in the ninth floor. So these younger players weren't attaining to him like Cam Neely wants them to. I don't agree with it because, you know, you got to be hard in the NHL. You cannot be a pussy in the NHL. I mean, you can't, you get, you got, you got to play hard here, guys. We got to play. You got to be able to have thick skin in this situation. Chris, looking at this situation, is this kind of like the same setup as the Claude Julien firing? Is it a Cam Neely thing or is it more of a Don Sweeney thing? 
uh, <clears throat> it's a Don Sweeney saving his ass thing. It, that's what it is. I mean, again, Neely had some really, really telling comments a few weeks back talking about uh, Bruce Cassidy that he should have read into more overall as a fan base, overall in general, but we didn't. Um, it just, you know, it's, it's, I don't mind, look, here's the deal. I don't really get, if you want to move on from the coach, move on from the coach. The timing is so weird. So it's now puzzling and it, it, it makes us now question what is your plan? Because it doesn't feel like that there is a plan. There's again, is there now a divide between Neely and Sweeney that needs to be talked about that maybe people aren't looking into? Did to your point, did Neely want him to go? Sweeney was like, no, I want to keep him. And Neely's like, well, it's either he goes or you're both going to go. Like, are we at that point now with this team? But the fact that Neely is still getting to make those decisions, that I think needs to change. Like, again, this team, yes, they've been successful in the regular season. Yeah, they went to the Stanley Cup. Probably should have won it, but whatever, against the Blues. I really question what the direction is going to be right now. I'm, I'm concerned because Sweeney went and said that he doesn't really know what Bergeron's going to do. So if Bergeron comes back, you're going to go ahead and put pieces around him so you think that there's a window. But yet if he leaves, you're going to get younger, so you think you need to get younger. What the fuck are you – like, what do you think you need to do? I have zero confidence that he knows what he wants to do. They're under no circumstances should this team have been in a position they have to rely on a 36-year-old center. I don't care if he's the captain or not. I don't care. Call it for what it is right now. He is not the future of the Boston Bruins. So we're going to jeopardize the future of the Boston Bruins because Patrice Bergeron might have 15 minutes left in the NHL. And not that I don't want him back, but the point I'm trying to make is, is that we are going and ha- and, and theoretically not going to ha- not knowing what they're going to do in an off season, throw more money at players who are probably not going to be the right fit. You're going to throw the money at those players. Like, then what happened the last handful of years so you're not in this spot right now. They should have had someone to replace Bergeron or at least at the very least where if he was going to be a free agent and come back to slot him down and take the pressure off from him being the number one center. There should have been someone else to, to fill that void. And there's no one else here to do that. Charlie Coyle is not a number one center. <laughs> he's, a, he's a number three center on this team filling Talks. in a, a, a spot. Yep. So... Uh, Jamie, I want to ask you this because I want to kind of bounce off what Chris said a few minutes ago about, you know, the Neely Sweeney possible divide. If that's the case, and I asked this earlier, where the fuck is the Jacobs family right now? I mean, he, I, it's, it's, it's baffling to me that, you know, you, ba- you, rarely, you rarely see an ownership just go stagnant, disappear, just like they have for the last three or four years. Uh, it's it's amazing. So my question to you is, if the case is if there is a divide between, let's say, a Sweeney uh, Sweeney wanted Cassidy back, but you know Neely said no, I don't want it back. But if you want it back, you both are out. Where is the Jacobs family right now? Why isn't the Jacobs family having any situation helping with this whatsoever? I honestly think you know Chris kind of brought it up. I just don't think they really care. Um, I mean, they have no presence 
And I feel like if you're an ownership that cares, you would accept them at this. Um, and they just make no PR moves. Um, and it's just annoying. I said to Chris a couple of days to go too. I feel like in the kind of the people make decisions, whether it's the GM you know, the coach lately, a lot of times they had hire someone that has connections to the Bruins, whether they played for them or something in that regard. Um, and that's one thing that kind of annoys me that they won't go out of that mold. And it's just, you don't see the Jacobs family anywhere making any comments. I mean, like, yes, brought earlier, brought up earlier, the only PR we hold, heard from them during COVID was how they wouldn't pay their employees. Like, it's not even good PR. That's horrible PR at like the worst possible time you could have that. So it's just, you know, as an ownership group, that's why I get so frustrated with them because they, like, they don't care and they don't even, like, try to make sure that they don't care because they're, like, invisible. Like, that, like are they robots, the Jacobs family? Like, are they really alive? We never see them. Are they are they corpses at this point? I mean, I don't know. There might be just a freaking, it might be a Bates motel thing going on right now where, you know, they're in the basement. Uh, we got a couple, we got, we got, like, 10, 15 more minutes left. So I got, I want to keep going around here because there's a lot to cover here. There's a lot to break down in this situation because you're in no man's land right now. If you're the Bruins and Kevin, um, I mentioned it. We've all mentioned it. We've all voiced our displeasure that, you know, if, if we're going to rebuild, we don't want Don Sweeney being part of that rebuild, but in his press conference the other day, he seemed to be very vague and very back and forth on whether or not it was going to be a rebuild or not. In my opinion, it's going to be a half-assed rebuild where they're going to be on the edge of the playoffs every year. You're going to keep four, four, five core players. Um, and, you know, you're just going to sweat out this season and see what happens. Another thing he did, I noticed that he kept bringing up injuries. He kept the, and Chris, I knew I, I, Chris was texting the group chat the day it was going on. The injuries were a focal point for um don sweeney and i think it was ty anderson that finally brought it up and he said well if it's the injuries then why did you fire bruce cassidy because obviously the injuries aren't his fault i mean what's the situation here and then that's where you started to get kind of snarky yeah i understand that the injuries are the biggest are are a big issue here but there's it, it makes no sense to me my question to you kevin is what what's the next step here for the Bruins? I mean, I, I are you expecting just like me a half-ass rebuild? Uh, well, man, that's a tough one, right? Because he even said in his press conference, they're kind of waiting for Bergeron to make a decision to decide which direction they want to go. I I don't know, right? Like like I don't know, um, I don't know what they're going to do i don't know what their answer is i don't know what they should do because both sides of the spectrum scare living shit out of me (laughs) like all right we're going to go throw a shitload of money at cadre or whoever else is out there yeah to like to fill these voids but meanwhile like the other end of the spectrum is no we're going to blow this up and draft and rebuild it well (laughs) hold on a minute (laughs) I don't want you doing that. That's for damn sure. So where are we going from here? Because we are literally stuck in a rock and a hard place. Like, I don't want you going out and spending your money carelessly because you should have done that years past leading up to this. 
So I don't want you doing the Dave Dombrowski approach where you just, hey, we're throwing all our assets on the table. We're throwing all the money around just to get one last potential shot that this, that we're going to win a, a Stanley Cup. But I don't want you drafting either because you don't know your ass from your elbow when it comes to that. And I, I kind of agree with you. I think when they do it and when they try to rebuild, it's going to be a half-ass rebuild because you still have Taylor Hall. You still have Lindholm. You still have McAvoy. You still have Swayman. You know, Marshand. you have Marshand, you know, pasta. Like you have pieces around you that can still make you contenders yep. in, in how it should be is while you have those pieces and while you're, you know, the two, three years where it's, we're a borderline playoff team, you should be drafting key players to fill in. So come year four or year five, you're hitting the ground running. Like you have your next wave to, to pick up this veteran core and it's, and it's a cycle. The issue is they didn't do that. They, they had the opportunity with three picks in a row and they botched it. They screwed the pooch. Like not one of those guys, you can say DeBrusque is, but DeBrusque has been here for how long? And he's had half a season of production. Yeah. So like, you know, none of those guys hit. It's, I don't care if DeBrusque stays here and is a 30 goal scorer. He's not the future of this team. It, I just can't, I, I don't know. So, um, as we wrap up here, I want to I want to dig into this really quick. Let's take a break from the whole roast thing for a second, because I want to get I want Jamie before uh, he uh, he leaves for the at the end of the show. Uh, the Bruins' odds for the next head coach. Uh, I kind of want to dig into this a little bit because I uh, some of these names are interesting. I'm going to take Pete DeBear out because I I've heard rumors that he is most likely going to Dallas. It sounds like he's going to Dallas, and thank God because I don't want him on this team. Um, Besides the point. So right now leading the way is Nate Lehman with four to one odds. Um, you got Barry Trotz, five to one odds. Uh, Greg Carvel is uh, 11 to two odds. Um, then you have Dave Tippett and Jeff Blashill at seven to one odds. Uh, you can't have a coaching search in New England area without Jim Montgomery being on your uh, list and he's at seven to one odds with Mark Savard as well. That seems to be a fan favorite because he was a fan favorite with the Boston Bruins. Uh, Then you have Travis green at eight to one odds and John Tortorella is making the list at 10 to one odds. Mike Babcock also 16 to one odds. So I want to get, I'll start with you, Chris Uh, out of that list. And I'm kind of surprised Jay Leach isn't on there who was obviously coached in Providence. Everyone knows who he is and he has done a well, good job with swimming and all that stuff. But out of that list, I named listed off who uh, let's start with who is your, who, who do you want and who do you think? Can I tell you who I don't want first? And yeah, you can. Yeah. Who do you don't want? Who do you want? And who do you think? There you go. I have zero, zero interest in John Tortorella behind the bench. <laughs> I don't care about, it would be electric press oh, dude, that'd be fantastic <laughs> content. Guess what? You hire Tortorella. We're in the same position two years from now. There is a reason why oh, yeah. this motherfucker is fired at every <laughs> stop that he goes to. I'm all 
set, all set. Uh, you think the players? You think the players struggled with Bruce Cassidy? Imagine that nut job behind the bench. You really like there's there's people that really want that, and it, Nate Lehman is the guy that I want them to go and get. You know he come from Providence College. They wanted to hire him for the P Bruins. Um, if your if your intention is to go ahead and um, and focus on the younger players, you want to bring a coach up from the college ranks who's been around younger players. He's only 49 years old. He did sign an extension last month, but to me, they've been linked to him in the past. Um, maybe it makes sense at this point in time. Um, I'm not interested in the in a. I'm not interested in the Jay Leeches. I'm not interested in the Chris Kelly's and all those little grab ass cute stories of the, of the good boys club, you know, uh, with the Bruins, you know, bring in someone who's going to be legitimately the next piece that you're going to you know begin to build your team around. But I swear to you, if it's John Tortorella, I'm, I'm going to quit the podcast and I'm not going to watch the Bruins. Okay. Uh, I will avoid myself of all Bruins. Uh, um, I, think, I think to quit the podcast, Bob, that was a little, that was a little much. Uh, I sir, I am, the, I, I am, I run this podcast and your ass is not leaving this podcast. Thank you very much. That's I will be, I will, I will hate on him more than Heim Bloom. This is the time we work in the Red Sox. Piece. Uh, naturally. More than Heim I will, I will call the Bruins public relations and complain and say, why do we bring in John Tortorella? I'll so, call Betty. So. Oh. We'll go to you. We'll go to you, Jamie. Here, uh, who do you not want? Who do you want? And who do you think? I'm probably the same as Chris. I mean, I don't want Twitter. I feel like that would just be a nightmare. I mean, we definitely give you probably the most entertaining press conferences in a couple decades, in a couple of years, especially compared to Bruce. Uh, but I feel like that would just be a horrible decision. I, and I want, I want Lehman. I think if you're going to fix this, the focus is you make the young guys better. Um, you give them an environment to improve because obviously for the last couple of years, that's been a struggle, whether it's DeBrusque, Frederick, for some reason, the young guys haven't, you know, be able to get on the same page. Um, and if they're going to get younger, you need to coach that connect that can connect with that um, to set them up to be successful. I mean, especially with guys like LaSalle, if they want some of these guys in Providence to pan out once they reach the NHL, I feel like Lehman's the best guy that can connect with them. Um especially, you know, with how much they've talked about a rebuild the past couple of weeks with everything that's been going on. So that, um, with that being said, um, there, so I, I don't understand before I get to you, Kevin, um, I don't understand. There's two things and I'll mention it when I give my list. Um, but I don't understand the love for Mark Savard as a head coach. Wait a minute. <laughs> Neither do I. I I just I I don't I I don't I don't understand why I have seen people and I I think it's because he's a fan was he I think he was a fan favorite I think he was a big fan favorite back when he played, and you know, those don't do well on the bench, as a hey, coach. Sorry, Mark, you took a shot to the head. Your career is over. Let's bring you behind the bench. Constellation Prize. I'm all set. Get exactly. So Kevin, um, what is, who do you not want? Who do you want and who do you think? I mean, I think we're all on the same page on who I don't want because like, yeah. And I guess it's just a different, it's a different, a little bit of a different take from the other two because 
if you go that route and you bring Tortorella or whatever the fuck that dude's name is behind the bench, <laughs> why didn't you just keep Cassidy? Like, like you're bringing in another hardo. You're bringing in another guy that's just going to scream at people. Literally. You know, and, and so, all right, why not keep Cassidy? Um, who I want? Fuck, man. I, I don't know. Barry Trotz, I guess, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, that, it's such a – I can't think of who I want because I'm so – like I thought Cassidy was I want Bruce Cassidy perfect, that's who I want right right like I thought he was the perfect coach for this team and in kind of circling back on why I, I I think it is is what people forget right is that Cassidy gets lambasted with this friggin he doesn't do like doesn't do the young guys any favors he criticizes young guys does anyone remember what happened when Claude Julian got fired all Cassie did was play the young guys and they were successful. Yep. Like, like this is getting forgotten somehow. Julian refused to play the young guys. Cassie stepped in and was like, no, 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 these guys can play. He put faith in the young guys to become who they are six years ago. The Pasternak's, the, the, all those guys were young guys when Julian left and Cassie took over. It, it It's... People are forgetting the, oh, he's mean to the young guys. No, he's holding the young guys accountable, which is what good coaches do. You don't let the talented players just get away with mediocre games. You hold people accountable. That's that's the nature of the game. That's the nature of being a good coach, manager, whatever. So I guess who I want, I guess, would be Barry Trotz, right? I, I guess he's the next guy that's, shown to do a lot with little the Islanders. He had great success with them. You know, that kind of rubs me the way that this team is going to be built. We're going to have, we're going to be thin and Barry Trotz has to come in and and do what he can to make a competitive team out of this, who I think they're going to do is I I said it on legends lingo too. I didn't even know they had odds out on it. It kind of just hit me. I didn't look at the odds for any of this. But um, Greg Carvel, I think, is a guy that they will and should go get. Um, I'm not saying I want him because, again, it's a big jump from college to pros, and I have no idea how he'll react. But it's a a college coach is the type of move you make when you're hammering that you're mean to the young guys. So what do you do? You go get a guy that's been successful at the college level to come in here. The only issue is – we don't have any young guys. What do you like? <laughs> this is what I, another aspect that people are forgetting. What young guys is Cassidy mean to? Trent Frederick, dude, you're five foot nothing trying to beat up freaking whoever. I, I love the energy. I love the toughness. I love it. But dude, you're not that good. Like you're 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 a serviceable fourth liner. You don't have any other young guys. Drake Dabrowski, if you're if he has his feelings hurt. Dude, there's the door don't hit you on the way out. I'm sick of oh, he was mean to Debrusk. Yeah, well, Debrusk needed a kick in the ass, and and so be it. And, uh, it worked. It worked. Right, because wherever he goes next, he's gonna suck again there too. I so trade Debrusk to Cassidy's team. Would you hear the? <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not. Did you guys hear the other report that Cassidy said? What was I want to take Bergeron with me? 
Oh, yeah, I think he was joking. I think he was being sarcastic because he's... Why, do you know what? He fucking should. <laughs> well, I think I think <laughs> like, Bergeron. Stick, I, I truly think Bergeron's retiring. I really, I, I truly think he's retiring. But I will close it out here by you know giving mine because I want to. I, I I mentioned Mark Savard obviously, and now that I think about it, um, he played under the Sweeney uh, Sweeney. Um, re- was he under the Sweeney regime? I think he was Sweeney Neely regime. Still, oh, Sweeney's been here for yeah. Savard yeah. was Savard was here when um. Uh, what's his name? Was the coach too? Uh, Claude was he with Julian? I think it was Julian. Yeah. So, I that's I, when Matt Cook, Matt Cook laid him out. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna start by saying this. Um, I'm guessing I'm guessing uh, Sweeney's gonna want a puppet of some sort that he's gonna that he can control himself. You know what I mean here? He, I, Why I think, isn't he just pull the Bill Belichick and be the head coach and GM? Like, I, I'm just I, I'm just saying how this rolls. I mean, if a GM wants to really get into it, he like he likes to hire someone that he that he really likes and that he can control himself. I think that could be Mark Savard. That aside, though, I do think I do not want. I'm with you guys. I'm, I don't want John Tortorella or Mike Babcock. God damn, keep Mike Babcock away from here, please. I don't need that bumbling, uh, you know, uh, Swedish chef-esque man over on the Bruins because just, no. Um, who I would like, I would, Kevin, I, I would like Greg Carvel because I do believe he would be good at rebuilding. And he was able to rebuild that UMass team, and he did a fantastic job, and he's still doing a fantastic job with it. And I'm not just saying that because Ben Barr is the UMaine, uh, UMaine hockey head coach now. I am saying that a little bit because of that, but as a shout out to my uh, hockey team up here, college hockey team up here in Maine. Um, but I also, if depends on which way they want to go, but if they're not going to rebuild, I want Barry Trotz because they can actually, you know, you, you can probably win with him, but I think they're going to get Nate Lehman in the end, at the end of the day. I, I, he just seems like the prototypical fit for what they're looking for. Um, but, you know, what do I know? Uh, apparently Sweeney knows more than all of us. I think we all know more than Sweeney does at this point in time, but you know, um, I will, I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to go around and get final thoughts here. So uh, Chris, final thoughts. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Boston Bruins, they made the wrong decision. They, they should have gotten rid of everybody in hindsight being what it is. Um, I'd like to say that I am going to be confident that Don Sweeney is going to go and have an excellent off season and turn this whole thing around, but I'm willing to probably go ahead and say that by the middle of the season, we will have a Don Sweeney termination party on this podcast. Let's, uh, let's be, we're probably going to be, uh, I think mid December, you know what I mean? Maybe, Ooh, maybe the Jacob middle season, of season. maybe the oh, Jacob yeah. will go to, uh, to, to Sweeney's house, you know, maybe you know, when you pass the potatoes, by the way, we're letting you go. No, no, That's Jacob's true. family will send a letter. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's just so non-existent at this point. They'll just send a letter that was sent by their caretaker, probably at that point. They just yeah. don't exist. I, I I truly think they do not exist at this point. I last time I saw them was 2019, and that was after game seven. I have not seen them since. Uh, Jamie, final thoughts. Uh, I think it'd be I think it's gonna be an interesting summer. Because of all the stuff we talked about with the Bergeron, the GM search, it's either they're going to rebuild 
or they're going to try to do what they've done the past years and kind of just like put it together and try to make the playoffs. Uh, but regardless, it's going to be an interesting summer full of a lot of quotes. Um, use on pod, regardless of what happens. Yeah, no, we're going to get you on a lot more here this summer, especially since, you know, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be very action packed and we like to have an extra voice on uh, when it comes to those kind of, especially when off season starts. I don't really care about draft because we don't have a first round pick and, you know, we suck at the draft. So I don't even want to even attempt at that. Uh, Kevin, final thoughts. Yeah. It's, you, you can it's, lay, you can lay down the hammer if you want. I don't care at this point. It, it's going to be an interesting summer. Like we've all said, it, it's, I don't know what direction we're going to go. And, and, you know, frankly, the two directions we have scare me. So, um, you know, the state of the Boston Bruins right now is in serious question and I don't care who's behind the bench. It all comes down to talent. You know, it's, we have to do something to get talent in here and it's either going to be spend a shitload of money or allow Don Sweeney to take one more crack at drafting and doing so without a first round pick. (laughs) Like, So you're either seeing a superstar get dealt for get to get a first round pick to initiate the rebuild or we're spending a ton of money on washed up guys like Kadri or whoever else is out there. Vander, God forbid a Vander Kane, but stop it right now. That that just makes this offseason even worse. Right. God, Sinbin. Sinbin right now. (laughs) Oh, we're waiting till now to to initiate that. Yeah, we're initiating the Sinbin now. (laughs) (laughs) It's where it fucking starts. It's it it's scary, man. It's scary. It's, um, you know, I, I said to one of my friends who's also a very big Bruins fan, said, I'm more, I, why do I feel I'm more invested in the Bruins now than I have in the last two or three years? And it's quite frank, frankly, uncertainty breeds interest, right? So the, the, how uncertain this team's going to be and this future is going to be, that's why people are going to be interested in. And, you know, I'll wrap it up by basically saying this. If you're a season ticket holder for uh, the Bruins, that ticket inc- price increase is coming into your mail very soon because it, there's no way that Jacobs don't jack this price up because they are so unconnected to the overall environment of this city and this team that they probably think it's the right business move to make. So... I would be I would be okay to see a few uh, black and gold seats empty next year. So if there's one thing, that. the one thing that Jacobs family knows how to do behind the scenes without being seen is that hiking up the ticket prices. That is that is for sure. Twenty five dollar beers on uh, on uh, on them at this point. So yeah, and cashless. It's all cashless. And then when they flip the little screen around on you, yeah, they don't give you an option to. You have to tip. You have yeah. to hit like no tip. Then t- it's bullshit. My drunk ass can't tell the difference. I'm not paying attention <laughs> enough to realize I'm tipping 15% on uh, every friggin' beer I buy. Oh God. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think I think drunk I think drunk Kevin needs to contain himself. But uh, I didn't have a, I haven't had a beer yet. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um. So I'll close it out by saying, uh, making it simple here. Fuck Don Sweeney. Fuck Cam Neely. And fuck the Jacobs family. And I posted that on Twitter. And I. I you know, I, the last few days has been the most vocal I have been on Twitter um, in a long time. And, you know, it, it's for good reason. I, it's for good reason. And I w- will always say that Don Sweeney is a spineless coward. 
I will always say the same thing about Cam Neely. And I will now say the same thing about the Jacobs family after learning that we have not seen him since 2019. So, you know, it's just, it, it's amazing. And especially when you fire your head coach, you don't even see your owner. I mean, come on now. Well, what's, what is this? I, I don't John Henry was there when they fired Alex Cora. That's true. And he wasn't even there with Jerry Remy was, they did the Jerry Remy uh, ceremony that day either. Well, he, was so, buying, he was buying the penguins. Oh, oh sorry. I, I figured he was in Liverpool dealing with that shit. No, he won't go out there. Could, they hate him out there. They, you think the Red Sox fans hate him? Oh, he would be <laughs> head out, head yeah. out to England. <laughs> they would come back. They'll burn his plane he down. He would not come back. <laughs> oh, I bet you one hundred dollars. I bet you one hundred percent he ain't coming back alive. No, uh, no, that's what I mean. Like he's yeah. not coming back. No, no, he's not. No, but all in all, though, that is uh, that is our roast of uh, Don Sweeney and uh, Cam Neely. Our emergency podcast uh, shorthand takes episode thirty. Hey guys, we made it to 30 episodes though. Huh? Anything? No? No? Okay. It's depressing. I know. It's impressive. It's impressive. Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go with that. I was just going to take the silence as sadness of uh, the boons. That, that too. That know. too. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got, Chris? No, I was going to say I was also muted. I had to take that gold jacket off. Was it a little hot? Oh, yeah. yeah. I got the yeah. HD going right now. It's a coolish yeah. bitch down. Yeah, take out the. Uh, Take out the gold bottles next. How's that? You know, little Red Sox mm-hmm. reference. I'll throw that out there too before we head on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, once the Stanley Cup, we'll probably be back once middle Stanley Cup finals, towards the end of the Stanley Cup finals. Recap that. Recap what's coming up for the offseason. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have some head coaching things going on. Maybe, maybe we'll be celebrating a new contract with Don Sweeney. I don't know. You know, it's, celebrating would not be the word. Yeah, you know, I know. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to make everyone happy around here. It's not working. But with that said, this has been Shorthanded Takes, episode 30, a Boston Bruins podcast, brought to you by Couch Guy Sports, uh, sponsored by Shocked Energy and also Exo Gun. I'm Jeff Hogue. That's Chris Henrique. That's Kevin Bradios. And thank you to our special guest Jamie Gatlin for coming on and uh, helping us with this roast. Everyone have a great uh, week and enjoy the Stanley Cup final.